This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Kent Dunn. Did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did I... you order the code red? You're absolutely right. I did. Okay. There's your Mountain Dew. Now, did you also order the onion rings? <laughs> it's like yelling, but it's like pretend. Uh, welcome to Big Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our Gilmore Girls show. Yeah. Wow. I had a fun time, guys. You thank sure you. did. Thank you to Alicia again for suggesting that show. We Have you been watching more of it since? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I think a lot more people out there, though I think a lot more listeners out there are too. Me too. <gasps> yeah, you did? I know. Aww. Maybe I'll fire up the Netflix again. I don't Still know. haven't yet? No, no, I won't. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking Tom Cruise today. <laughs> Word on the street is he has a movie that's finally coming out. So you're saying we're swinging the pendulum all the other way from yes. estrogen to Too testosterone. So many explosions and just running. Yes. Not even explosions. Running. It's just running. Just running. Yeah. It does feel and, a little and, weird. And, and practical stunts. Yeah. It does feel a little weird, though, because we did the Bruce Willis show not, not too many episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Because his he's retired, his mm-hmm. career is kind of done. Yeah, Tom Cruise still has plenty of gas he's left got in the engine. Six more Mission Impossibles in him. No, I he's only so. doing two more. You stop that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were probably right. Just wait till it mm-hmm. comes first full circle and he becomes the new Jim Phelps who betrays the MI the Mission Impossible team. I love it. Again. So, but yes, we we it's kind of weird, but we want to talk about Tom Cruise for a number of reasons, and they don't they don't have to be retired for us to talk about. No. We can do actor shows for anyone, right? Right. A little yeah. tribute. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he's one of the world's biggest movie stars. What are the, I, I and maybe say, used to be the biggest movie star in the world. I, I, and what is a movie star now, anyways? I was thinking about this yesterday. I think there are there are other stars as big as Tom Cruise, but I don't think there are that many bigger than him. Hmm. That's that sounds like a good right. Thing. Like like there are other stars. I think maybe on his level, but I can't think of many that are or, more, like, or that have been consistently weathering fame, even though he's had bad times. Yeah, you put him on what the level of a Brad Pitt easily, right? Oh. Actually, far, far as, higher. Yeah, as far as movie stardom goes. Well, and that's—I feel like his name is going to be one of those names that continues throughout history. Kind of like how there's certain names from actors of the you know the 40s or 50s that you still hear, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Cary, Cary Grant. Grant, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's no problem. Like Gene Clavicle. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Gene Clavicle? Oh, you don't know? Oh, he's from a very famous movie. <laughs> what movie is that? It's—it's. Uh, it's, I think it was a takeoff on Robin Hood. I don't think so. Anatomy of a Murder, oh, probably. That's, that's yeah. right. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. So, no, but I feel that Tom Cruise, and we're going to prove this wrong with some of our choices here, but I feel like Tom Cruise, in my opinion, chooses the most consistently great scripts of any movie star out there. Really? And yeah, he's had his flaws, but he is so good at choosing roles because he is one of these actors that kind of always plays himself. Keanu Reeves-esque, but with better ability. I've talked about this before on Bacon Sale, but I don't think Tom Cruise has much range. But... The range he's in works for him. It totally works. What, what I've heard, um, I've heard it described as Tom Cruise is in, maybe he's in bad movies, but he's never bad in them because mm. he chooses his projects correctly. I think he's rarely in bad movies. I, th- I think Truthfully. he's rarely bad in them. 
occasionally. But I do think like whenever I see Tom Cruise in a movie, it's like, oh, there's there's Tom Cruise in a flight suit. Do, oh, there's do you Tom think, Cruise with long hair. Do you think, oh, there's Tom Cruise with gray hair. Yeah, but you know you're going to be thrilled regardless. But what I'm saying is I, I, I don't see he doesn't disappear into the role. It's just Tom Cruise. Has he become a genre in, unto himself? I would say so. I would believe so. But in a good way. Like if you see like almost like The Rock, well, right? Like if you see a, The Rock's in a movie, you immediately you have an Tom idea. Cruise to the it's Rock. like. I think it's a decent comparison. I would say people now are more excited about franchises than movie stars. Franchises can make money, whereas sometimes movie stars don't. And I think that Tom Cruise, The Rock, like you said, they're franchises in and unto themselves. You put their name at the top of the poster, you're going to get some dollars. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Do you feel like he creates almost his own, not like cinematic universe, but like if you go, oh, I'm going to make assumptions about that movie, whether or not correct, because he's in it. To me, whether it's Minority Report or Jack Reacher or Mission Impossible... As a person who, spoilers, hasn't seen any of those movies, what? I feel like it's wait, all the same. Wait, wait, wait. you haven't seen those movies? Oh, um, he's, how many movies has he been in? He's probably been, like forty-two or no, something. No, actually, like that. I have it here. He has been. He has forty-nine acting credits on IMDb, so just under fifty. But forty-four of those have been completed. Um, I've seen six. I, I just okay. Wait, are they all Mission Impossibles? Because <laughs> that's all. It's exactly. Mission Impossible movies. Only two of them. We're ready for your excuse. Go ahead. I don't. Think I like him? What? What is? Why? Don't, you don't have to be contrary to every opinion we have here. I don't. Cells I don't know. I just wait. What? What don't you like about him? I don't know. Wait. When you say six movies, what six movies have you seen? Like, uh, have you seen the mm, big ones? Mm, mm, I have seen. I've seen Rock of Ages. Out of all the movies, <laughs> Zach. I've seen War of the Worlds. We watched it in oh, school. Zach. Why? I, I really liked Mission. I, I when I was a kid, I said, "Guys, I know a movie cooler than The Matrix." Oh no, it's it's Mission Impossible Two. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, here's what Zach did. Hey, I'm at Walmart. It's 11:30 <laughs> at night. I need a movie. Here's this Tom Cruise six pack for five dollars. What's it? What are the other three movies? Zach, no, so, no, no, Zach. I just want to. I want to point out. <laughs> The three you have mentioned so far. Are they in your bottom five of Tom Cruise? Yes. Yes. You're picking <laughs> oh, the worst Did you ones. see The Mummy as well? I've never seen The this Mummy. Is, okay, shocking. This is, okay. Like, <laughs> this is like going to like a, a Chipotle or a Costa Vida and being like, I want the burnt rice at the bottom of the, the tray there. Put that in my burrito. Hey, and then I, eating it going, this is not good. <laughs> hey, I've seen Top Gun. Okay, good. And the, do you like Top Gun, Zach? No. Nah! <laughs> I like I like Guys, the idea of Top Gun. Let's all go easy on Zach right now, because now I'm feeling bad. Like the listener is no, going to hate you. No, hey. I will. It depends on these final two. Okay. I've seen Mission Impossible one and two. Right? I mentioned that. You said and one. Then, okay. Uh, I, I've said, I've seen Days of Thunder. Wait, the NASCAR movie that came a, out. It's a lesser 27 one. years before you were born. Yeah. How have you seen Days of Thunder of all movies? I've seen Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> What's so funny about that, Zach? That's fine. That's, What's so funny about that? One of, movie, one of the it. best vampire movies out there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of the great list. Better than Twilight, yeah. I guess. Wow, six. Yeah, uh, and that and Zach, those six. I've counted. Out of those 44, I've seen 33. Wow. Kent? 39 movies. 39, 39 Tom wow. movies. Wow. I love him. Really? Why yeah. Why don't you marry him? I mean, well, here's the thing. Uh, I haven't. There's what? like there's like a star search sort of like search for his next <laughs> spouse, and I don't think I meet the criteria. Yeah, it's weird though. You look at his IMDb credits. Out of all those credits, not one TV show, and one of them was a music video. I think yes, like Amy Amy Mans. Yes, but it's like he has never been on TV. This guy went straight to movies and is yeah, not even streaming or anything like he, that. He wasn't on the sixth season of NCIS. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe it sure was ever. Huh. But let's, uh, we're, we're getting a little ahead yeah. of ourselves. If we may bring it back. Yes. Bring it back. Thomas Allen Triple Do you, do you guys have, yeah, you said, do you have an idea of what his real name is? No, I have no idea. 
Thomas Cruz Mapother the fourth. You've been really good with names lately. Mapother. <laughs> Mapother. Mapother. Yes. M a p o t h e r. Yep. Thomas Cruz Mapother the fourth was born July the fourth. Yeah. He's the fourth. Was born on July third. He was not born on the fourth of July. <laughs> is that a, is uh, that a movie? He is it? Yeah. Yes. Oh. It's one he was nominated for an Oscar for. <laughs> Uh, he was born in Syracuse, New York, to electrical engineer Thomas Cruz Mapo the, the third, third, and his wife, Zach. Or, and, and his mom, uh, Mary Lee. Uh, the fourth? No, she, but her, her maiden name was Pfeiffer. No relation, by the way. Oh. Yeah, I did look into that. Uh, but he did not like his father. He described him as, quote, a merchant of chaos, a bully, and a coward. Mm-hmm. So not a good relationship there. And after his father passed away, his mom did remarry. But he has three sisters and one notable cousin. Uh, <laughs> Notable <laughs> to you. No, William Mapother. You'd recognize him if you saw him. Uh, some of you... Character actor. He's, he's been in like five films with Tom Cruise, but he's also Ethan from Lost, if you know who Once Ethan again, is. notable to Joel. Yes. Who but a notable you'd probably, recognize he's, him. he's a guy in things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you probably recognize him. So, yeah, he's I probably... I feel like he's actually been on lots of episodes of like... Uh, those like TV NCIS. crime shows. And Probably, he's, yeah. he's always the guy who did it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tom Cruise actually became involved in drama in the fourth grade. Him and six other boys put on a, a play at the Carlton Elementary School Drama Festival. Yeah. So he was into it pretty young. He also, though, then decided he wanted to try to become a priest. So what, so, what happened to stop him from becoming a priest? Well, he got expelled from the seminary for drinking and becoming interested in acting. As a young teenager? Yes. He was a linebacker his senior year in high school, and also he was caught with beer before the game, and that <gasps> kicked off the team. And yeah. then he joined the school production of Guys and Dolls. Yes. Wow. He, and, and he, I don't know if this is an excuse or not, but he <laughs> moved to, he attended 15 schools in 14 years. Right. He moved around a lot. He and went, I'm, I'm he, glad that he tried football. I'm glad he tried plays, but it seemed no, like he went from play. beer and football to dancing and craps. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I found this interesting because we talked about this with Bruce Willis, how he had a really rough childhood as far as stuttering issue. Yeah. Whereas Tom Cruise had a, a massive case of dyslexia. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. didn't recover from it for a long time. Actually couldn't even read until his adult years. Yeah, are, we, are we sure he can now? Oh, you take it easy. No, uh, really though. No, he, he has uh, claimed that his uh, religion has cured him of his dyslexia. So right. he oh. says he's good now. Okay. But it's crazy. Like, so 18 years old, he moved to New York and immediately hit it big. Well, he he, he started doing stuff. There was a busboy in New York for a mm-hmm. while, and he wanted to try out for... Uh, it wasn't going well for New York, so he actually ended up moving to Los Angeles and trying out for television roles, which we know he didn't get because he's not any no credits there. But his first uh, bit part was in a 1981 film called Endless Love, yep. starring Brooke Shields. My. I, that's love. where the song comes from. However, I would not recommend no. watching that movie. It apparently is very, very saucy, and <laughs> it was almost NC-17, and they got it down to an R rating just barely. But he, how he crazy. Played, he played Billy. But like to be this, this late teenager and star in that, Taps, The Outsiders, All the Right Moves, Risky Business. Well, because Taps was later that year, like yeah, after In This Love. All in that span of five years, and then he was in Legend, which was probably the first Tom Cruise movie I ever saw. In 1985? Yes. Also the first time he played a character named Jack. That's not going to be the last time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then at 23, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, Joel, but he's starting Top Gun. Yeah. Well, so I want to talk about just real quick. In 1983 was a big year for yeah. him because he was in The Outsiders, All the Right Rooms, and Risky Business all in that same year. And that kind of put him on the map, but not until Top Gun. Yeah. And then he, he almost walked into Top Gun in 1986, three years later, like a superstar, just walking Crazy. into that role. And it became like a huge success for him and, well, for the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically a recruiting video. 
And then he partnered with his talent agent of his called Paula Wagner, and they became uh, Cruz Wagner Productions in 1993. And they have worked very closely together ever since then, him and Paul mm-hmm. Wagner. And I, I love that as soon as he got famous, he started earning money. He bought a sister a car. He paid off another sister's school debt, everything like that. Like this is someone who... He, he didn't even give any money to the third sister. No, <laughs> but the notable cousin. <laughs> yeah, he got some roles. <laughs> the notable cousin. It's my next novel. But then he uh, became, around that time of the, of the 90s, he became a producer and then started getting much more involved in the filmmaking process. And... He became very successful in both endeavors, both producing and acting. If his name was attached to a project, huge, it would do well. Yeah. By the way, Cruz splits his time between homes in Beverly Hills, California, Clearwater, Florida, Dulwich, London, and East Grinstead, West Sussex. Oh, wow. Ah. Mm. So he's just hanging out in all those different homes and having a good time. Cruz. Cruz. <laughs> Don't Cruz. Uh, he's been married three times to different actresses, uh, Mimi Rogers, Nicole Kidman, and Katie Holmes. Uh, each were 33 when he divorced them. <gasps> kind of crazy, right? Conspiracy. He, has he hates type. that age. He has that type. <laughs> 32 and under, please. Uh, he has three children, two of whom were adopted during his marriage to Nicole Kidman, and the other is his biological daughter that he had with Holmes. Mm-hmm. The Katie Holmes thing is interesting because that was a weird time for Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that was when he was on the Oprah Winfrey show and he ended up jumping up and down on the couch and saying how much he loved her, which, you know, props to him for for loving a woman so much. But it was so excessive compared to everything he's done before. People were like, is he okay? It was like a meme before memes were a thing. Yeah. And yeah. it was definitely like a, wow, you're you're really saying a lot of things. Are, do you mean them? The me thinks that us protesting too much saying, sort of stuff. Right. He was saying a lot of things that were not smart, I'll say, to not be mean here publicly. It's stuff he shouldn't have said out loud. Well, and there was there was a leaked video of him. Uh, he's he's a member of the Church of Scientology, and mm-hmm. there was a leaked video from a training video or an orientation video. I'm not yeah. sure what it was exactly, but him talking about different points uh, of doctrine from the Church of Scientology, which did not go over well with a lot of people. It, yeah. Kind of some strong takes, hot takes, shall yeah. we say, on certain subjects like uh, psychiatry and, and uh, uh, medicinal help and things like that. So it was it was a weird time, and I think a lot of people said, "Is this going to be the end of Tom Cruise's career?" Uh, for a time, I think we all saw it as the end. But I think it really goes to show, like the I don't know the longevity of the staying power because it wasn't like right. He's carried on. It's true. And I'm actually looking here, and I don't know if you have a quick answer to this, but if you look at him by decade, right? What's your best Tom Cruise decade? Because you can pick them and go, well, he he actually was great in the '80s. Well, he had a killer '90s. You know, maybe his 2000, like 2000s were a little weak because of this controversy, but then he's in a resurgence somehow. I disagree. I think his 2000s were great. Really? Other than his downfall. Yeah. Yeah. So he's had, he's had a good, the good decades. If you just isolate like a decade of his career, pick one. It's better than most movie stars. Yes. Oh yeah. It, well, I mean, 40, I was going to say 49 credits on IMDb. That's not a lot of movies relatively to other big stars who have like over Sam 100. Jackson's been in like 400. When you look at his work ethic, you can see why he only does generally one movie a year. Generally though. so, yes. That's what because he, when he researches a role, he will train for that role like no other person would. He mm-hmm. will learn that skill. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I also want to point out some other romantic attachments that Tom Cruise has had. Because I right. thought it was interesting. Uh, such as Melissa Gilbert, Rebecca De Mornay, uh, Cher, and Penelope Cruz. Oh, yeah. Share? Share. She was in there. And Penelope Cruz, I get, but okay. <laughs> Does that mean? Uh, Zach, any idea? I mean, you obviously are obviously a Tom Cruise connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good sell. I'm a Cruise-a-sore. How many Academy Awards do you think Tom Cruise has won? None. That's your guess? 
None. This big superstar who he, everyone knows and has been in a lot of dramatic roles. He's in too many action movies. None. So do you think there's a stigma against an action star like him? Yep. I think he does. Or do you think it's his own fault? Like he, the, the roles he does I think are he not doesn't dramatic enough. projects with teeth, right? He was nominated for three Academy Awards. Jerry Maguire? Yeah. For Jerry Maguire, Born on the Fourth of July, and Magnolia. Didn't win any of them. He's never won an Academy Award. That's, that doesn't surprise me at all. He has received three Golden Awards. Awards. Yeah. He doesn't. I think he gave those He doesn't strike me as that kind of actor, right? Compare him to Tom Hanks, right? Like Tom Hanks is like, I'm. A, he's always doing the, I'm, this is going to be my Oscar. Like same thing with Meryl Streep, right? Big, right. Yeah. They definitely. do they do those kind of roles uh it's true. in the second half of their career. Tom Cruise is like, oh, he's in he's in the mummy? Huh. Tom Cruise is like, I'm gonna do some sit-ups and thrill everybody. Yeah. I'd watch that. <laughs> we have watched it. Yeah. Uh but his films, Tom Cruise's films have grossed over four billion in North America alone and over ten billion worldwide. He's one of the highest grossing box office stars of all time. With forty nine movies. The dude the dude has power. Box and he's one power. person. Has he never starred in a superhero flick? I don't think he almost, has. almost, almost Iron Man. Yeah, he was almost cast as Iron but Man. Never, he's made that kind of money without being in a Marvel or DC movie. Yeah, pretty astounding. And, and not a lot of sequels aside from Mission Impossible. Right, but not a lot of sequels, which is interesting. Now, I, I wanted to point this out because I thought it was entertaining. All right, uh, you guys remember Roger? We brought him up on the show mm-hmm. before. Roger Ebert. He was reviewing Days of Thunder, and he noticed the similarities between some of Tom Cruise's films in the '80s that had come before that, and nicknamed a formula called the Tom Cruise picture. So here are the nine key ingredients for the Tom Cruise picture. Number one, the Cruise character. Sure. We all know what the Cruise character is. Number two, the mentor. Number three, the superior woman. Yeah, generally, yeah. Number four, the craft he must hone. Number five, the arena it takes place in. Number six, the arcana or knowledge he must learn. Number seven, the trail or journey. Number eight, the proto-enemy. And number nine, the eventual enemy of the character. Yeah, uh, which is you start looking at those movies, you start reading through that list. You're like, that's check, 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 in check. a way that's just a generic storytelling device, though. Well, it's true, but, but in a way, he's time. almost become the mentor in a few of his movies because a lot of these still exist, even in Mission Impossible movies. But you, but I mean, think about it. The cruise character in general, you know, he's going to be probably a little cocky, yeah, and needs to kind of learn something and, and learn a lesson and be humbled almost every single time. Yeah, that's and prevail kind of in the end. Yeah, and prevail in the end, become a better person in the end. Right. I, I've heard that he's he's never wants to play, quote, the loser. He never wants to play like kind of the, the, the idiot. That's not his type. That's not his style. I get that. So I just thought it was interesting that you start looking at movies and be like, oh, yeah, this is a Tom Cruise picture. So just some random facts I want to bring up about Tom Cruise. Can, anything else you want to bring up about him? Uh, he improvised the risky business dance. In the script, it just said, this character dances. And so he made up that whole thing, which is pretty great. He also saved Ray-Bans from going under because in three of his movies in the 80s, they gave him a deal and he's like, cool. Every character will wear Ray-Bans. And now look they're at them like now. $150. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Thanks, Tom Cruise. But here's my question, by the way, Kent. Does he wear shades during the risky business dance? Yes. You vote yes? Oh, it's on the cover. No, he doesn't, but it's on the movie cover. No, he doesn't. Oh, no. This is like the Nelson Mandela effect. Uh, he's inside in the dark. There's no sunglasses in the dan- risky business dance. Or pants. You may think it is. Look it up. Because that's the Mandela effect. Ken's exactly right. I don't know why. I think it's the cover of him with the sunglasses, but he doesn't have sunglasses when he's actually dancing. So there you go. Little little fun fact there. All right. So should we get started on the categories for Tom Cruise movies that we have? Yes, we have. And Zach, you're playing along, right? Zach? Uh, um, there are 13 categories. <laughs> And you only have seen six movies. So, no. Yeah. But you can chime in whenever you've seen one of these, Zach. 
<laughs> okay, Joel. <laughs> you seem sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's his biggest franchise. It's the reason he's most known. Gentlemen, I'd like to know your favorite Mission Impossible movie. Joel, you go first. I got to go with the OG. Yeah. I'm going with Mission Impossible, 1996. The synopsis, I'll bring it up. An American agent, under false suspicion of disloyalty, must discover and expose the real spy without the help of his organization. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That's the synopsis for two, three, four, five, six. Um, <laughs> it's a true story. They're very similar, but this kind of set the pace. And I remember when I was in high school and this movie came out, it was the coolest thing ever. The music, the look, Tom Cruise. It was all so, so cool. For sure. And then Emilio Estevez was in it, too. And that was cool, too. Yeah, he lasted like long. Young guns. Yep. Oh my gosh, I just realized why I don't watch Tom Cruise movies. Why? Because in the 90s, Rosie O'Donnell was obsessed with him. Wait, <gasps> that's why? Zach has a revelation. Did you, do you have PTSD from Cush Balls? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe people get that reference. So this movie had a budget of $80 million and ended up making $457 million, So it was a huge blockbuster at the time. And, and launched a franchise because this was, this was a very successful TV show back yeah. in the 60s. And then it became... A movie. And, and we were too young to go, oh, this is just a cash-in movie adaptation. Yeah, another another TV adaptation. Which it doesn't follow the story of the show at all. No, in fact, people were mad because it strayed quite far from the formula, making one of the main characters from the TV series into a bad guy. Yep. No spoilers for a 1996 movie? Let's go with it. <laughs> I watched this one fairly recently, and the technology is definitely dated, but the thrills are not. So like the, the tunnel with the helicopter coming in, was that pretty bad CG at this point? It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. When you say technology, you mean like what they use in the movie? Yeah. Or but they Joel. Like put these bricks of laptops. Red light. Like, Green light. Love that So part. good. Love that part. In fact, that was his idea. Uh, it was Tom Cruise's idea. This was kind of, I mean, he's been doing his own stunts for a long time. But he, it was his idea to have it in the giant glass-walled restaurant with the fish tanks and yeah. everything. And they were like, there's like 16 tons of water in what these tanks when they get? shoot out. Another <laughs> <laughs> day older. Well done. Wow. <laughs> For a guy who was born after most of Tom Cruise movies, that was an old reference. Yeah. But it was his idea. He wanted to do it. And then they were all worried about him. And he said, no, no, I'm going to do this stunt and run away from all Cruise. this water. Yeah, exactly. Also, in the scene where he's hovering just above the floor, he was having a hard time balancing. So he put some coins in his shoes to help counterweight him, to help him hover. Who does this? Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's all it needs to be said. Yeah. No, I, I, it's a little, the plot is a little complicated, but the twists are fun to watch. It, it, this is the team coming together and doing it together instead of becoming, I I like all the Mission Impossible movies, but it does become the Tom Cruise show after a couple of them. It's like, it's him and then his, you know, background dancers. Whereas in this one, I felt it was much more team oriented. Hey, Joel. Hey, Joel. The more you talk about this movie, the less I think I've actually seen it. (laughs) You've seen only two? I think I've only seen Mission Impossible 2. Hold on. That's Mot- motorcycle the- jousting? Does that sound uh, familiar? Yep. 100%. Hey, uh, those, doves? Those, doves? They, sw- they get on the front wheel and spin around. Do you have any beans that were like left out yesterday? <laughs> Could you scrape the bean crust off and put that on my burrito, please? Thank you. Why isn't this How burrito is Tom good? Cruise's career like a sweet pork salad? <laughs> that's what, that's what, in number two, he's, like, he's climbing up the rocks. That is actually a really cool that's part. That's great. The opening of Bishop of And then he throws his glasses. His hair's long. I know why you want to hate me. I don't think I've seen this the first one. Sleepover movies? <laughs> Definitely. Okay. I'm so sorry. Sleepover marathon. I All love this idea, except for two. 
Oh, no, even yeah. two. Watch it. We're watching them all the way through. Hey, hey, Ken, you got to take the bitter with the sweet. What's your favorite one, and why is it the one with Henry Cavill? It's the one with Henry Cavill. <laughs> is I that mean, what it's called? Mission Impossible, <laughs> colon, the one with Henry Cavill? No, no Henry, it's the one with Henry, Henry Cavill's mustache. The, no, the one with Henry Cavill reloading his arms. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joel, I was really close to picking the original because the original really? does set the stage. I thought I, you didn't like it. I love the original. Oh. It's my second favorite. I thought for sure you were going to pick no, the, no, no. Ghost Protocol. Uh, but at that time, in the mid-90s, I was like, what movie do I like better? Mission Impossible or Twister? Is a tough choice. <laughs> it was the mid nineties, and blockbusters were kind of that rare. Was a good year. Twister is a great Dodge commercial. <laughs> but I chose Fallout, and Joel, you know how obsessed I am with Mission Impossible Fallout, which yes. is the sixth iteration of Mission Impossible. And you've already kind of read the synopsis, which is Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong. Yeah. I don't know how they keep getting away with the formula of. Of the, the rogue Ethan agent Hunt becoming disavowed, yeah. And the team being we don't dissolved. trust him, but um, he's really in like, it for the right reasons. Can we have one movie where he has the full support of the IMF team? Boring. <laughs> it did it for six seasons. I think it works with like, TV show. It works with spy movies because of a little franchise called James Bond, right? It's yeah, just like no, we, it's we, true because James Bond movies are mostly all the same, except for now where they're just Mission Impossible and Born put together. But like we, we're just fine with that formula in this yeah. kind of movie. We yes. just accept it. Like most superhero movies are kind of the same seven thing. Seven seasons. Mission Impossible is seven seasons. There. Oh, wow. So I, I think it's okay with these. You're not expecting anything but else. How does Mission Impossible stay good, even great with Fallout? I think it is one of the best action movies ever made. Do you like think the, the bold statement? Oh, yeah, for sure. Is it because they they don't seem to let up? Right they, Over, okay, over no. time, franchises kind of give up. Right. And so the movies escalate. So do the events in the film. And the action keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that Halo jump, like you watch it and you're like, that's pretty cool. That's Talk about real. A Halo jump and explain it real quick. Uh, the Halo jump, they jump from 25,000 feet. High altitude, low open. Yes. And so you have Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise jumping from 25,000 feet with an IMAX cameraman with an IMAX camera on his head following He's these guys. He's a real hero, by the way. He really is. They Tom did. Cruise does all his stunts. Yeah. What about the cameraman it, it, who filmed Tom Cruise's stunts? Are those stunts cool independently of knowing that they're real? No, when you I watch the movie, the they're, making, the way. No. they're making a drop. But at the same time, this guy cares about the craft. He did five jumps a day in order to prepare for this But I feel like it's like when shot. you watch the old James Bond movies and the stunts, even though they're not really super cool, they're impressive because you know they're real. Like when the guy's running across alligators, that's awesome because he's yeah. running across real alligators. When the guy, you know, goes off the hill and then has the big parachute thing. How yeah. much life does a CG scene have? You could easily do that scene in CG. Yeah, but there's it's just hollow. And some CG does not hold up. No, whereas Tom Cruise is doing this, and it works so well. And then right after that, the bathroom fist pumping scene, and the fight is great. Not only Henry Cavill growing a beard when he reloads his fists, <laughs> which is super great, and like that's a great villain. I think this series this is a Tom Cruise movie uh, episode, not the Henry Cavill. <laughs> oh, okay, episode. it's not yet. Yet, but it does have all these classic characters that were typically brought in after three because I think three, except for Ving Rames, brought in like Benji Dunn, for example. Yeah, great three, last three name. kind of changed the tone, yes, and started an arc. So I think it incorporates the best action characters and tropes from this series and capitalizes this it. Is where sixth movie. this could have been the end of Mission Impossible, and I would have been very pleased because it does kind of put an exclamation point but just on to, it. Just to put a punctuation point on what you just said. Yeah. You just said the sixth movie in a franchise is Isn't the best that crazy? Movie. That is crazy. Because it should be trash at this point. Where else can you say that about any other franchise, that the sixth movie is the best? Not Fast and Furious. Definitely not. Definitely not. But no, I think this movie, it, it almost raises the stakes and the action too much that I'll probably be let down with the next couple of Mission Impossible Part movies. Part 13th, part six? No. No, heavens no. We'll get there. <laughs>
Next, we have best sci-fi movie. He also does these. I hear he does. And when when you, when we said best sci-fi movie, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, has he done enough to do a category on this? But then I looked, I'm like, oh wow, he has done a lot. Uh, I'll go first on this one from 2002, Minority Report. Minority Report is so good. Joel, I'm looking at you. You're you're thinking a little overrated. Well, no, I, I, best sci-fi movie. I'm not so sure about good movie. Yes, dated movie. Have you watched it recently? Yeah, I love it. It's it's like look. There is definitely there are some effects. This is Spielberg in his this AI is phase. Two thousand two CGI in some parts. It's true, and I kind of went ooh. But like the performances really work. Like Cruz is is captivating. Colin Farrell in one of his early movies is yes. quite good as well. Yes, the precogs. Like the, the idea is, it's a very high concept movie. And the yes. synopsis is: in a future where a special police unit is able to arrest murderers before they commit their crimes, an officer from that unit is himself accused of a future murder. And I love that idea of you know. Do you arrest someone for something they haven't done yet? Yeah. Because it becomes a paradox in a way. Yeah, because he does this experiment where this guy's like, I don't think you should be doing this. And then he goes and rolls a ball across the table and it's about to fall and he grabs it. And he's like, why'd you grab that? He's like, because it was going to fall. He's like, but it didn't. Yeah. So why'd you you stop it? You didn't know it was going to fall. He's like, yeah, it was. And he's like, exactly. I want to have had stopped it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So And, And you're right. So maybe the CG is not quite up to snuff at this point. But I think that's CG in general. No, I, I can, I'm not bashing on that. Right. Sense. It's just I watched it again, and I, you know, back in 2002, it was cutting edge. But right. I watched it now, and I'm like, wow, we're getting closer. It's to got this a lot era. of dark blue filter on it as well. It's like a hazy thing. It's like they yeah. smeared Vaseline all over the film and the lens. So, th- but I think it's a tier one Spielberg movie, a tier one Tom Cruise movie, and it, I don't think it should have worked as well as it did. But like Philip K. Dick stories don't often translate perfectly. To, he's, to he's film. kind of a bizarre writer. Yeah, he also did Blade Runner, mm-hmm. just in case anyone is wondering. But this one was, was great. It's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Wow. Yeah. Like one of your favorites. Yes. I really think it's got a... I, I think more people should see it, honestly. But yeah. Yeah. Joel? I chose Edge of Tomorrow. Live, Die, Repeat. Which one? Uh, it's both. Choose. So, because I was originally marketed as Edge of Tomorrow, and then they realized that name was terrible, so they changed to Live, Die, Repeat. Why? I don't get that. Why Edge of Tomorrow Wait, was terrible? That's a great name. What does it, it mean? You're though? on the edge of tomorrow, but you just don't quite make that's it there. That's so boring. Mm-hmm. Lift, I repeat. You're almost to tomorrow. Well, I mean, the original story is called All, All You, you Need, Need Is Kill. kill. That's, that's a great title. That's the worst one. <laughs> that's no, that's the one. best. No. So uh, the synopsis for Edge of Tomorrow, a soldier fighting aliens gets to relive the day over and over again, the day restarting every time he dies. What was more dead in this movie? Tom Cruise's character or Emily Blunt's eyes? <laughs> you? She's great in this movie. Who are you? I don't yeah. like her. Wait, have you seen this movie? What? Oh, there you go. You don't like Emily Blunt? Nah. Everyone likes Emily Blunt. <laughs> She's good in the Prada movie. Oh my gosh. Mary Poppins Returns. No, don't bring She's that terrible. up. Why would you That's bring that up? Because it's Disney, and I'm trying to peel the sack. No, nope. Uh, no. This came. Wow. Out. So back to the back to the good opinion. Uh, <laughs> hey, can we put Zach in the quiet place over we there? We may have to. Okay. Wow, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so Edge of Tomorrow came out in 2014, and it blew me away. It's great. I watched this movie, and it's like it's like an action movie version of Groundhog Day, and they have these cool like mech suits, which apparently they weighed 85 pounds each. Those he insisted suits. that they be real. Yeah, and they had to have Tom four Cruise. people help them get in the suits. When they first started doing it, it took 30 minutes. Well, Tom Cruise needed about 30 minutes. By the end, Tom Cruise only needed 30 seconds. Oh, take it. it easy. Actually, it was so heavy between takes, they would actually suspend the actors on wires so it would take the weight off their shoulders. This movie works because he's not your typical Jack character, even though he seems that way. If you think about the movie, he actually just plays a coward. Yeah, he, he's like a guy a who really wants flawed to run coward. away from fighting yeah. until he's forced 
to fight. And I love that concept. And it is oddly and darkly humorous. It is. The deaths are funny. He's like a, he's like the roadrunner in Wiley e. Coyote, and every time he gets killed, you kind of go, "Oh, that was that was awful," and he starts it over again. So I, it's an original <laughs> premise. It's not a sequel or anything like that. Ken's just shaking his head. I am. Um, I I I think I named this my favorite film I watched in 2014. Yeah, I absolutely it's loved so good. It. And I, I I wish it would have done a little better. It it was, the budget was 178 million. It made 370 million, mm-hmm. so just over double, which is barely a profit in Hollywood. But it's so much fun. Every time, and I've, I've watched this many, many times. I own it. And every time I watch it, I'm just like, this is fun. War, uh, Brad Pitt was supposed to star in it, by the way. Yeah. But he declined, and so then they got Tom Cruise. And I'm so glad they Perfect. did. Perfect. I have often wanted to watch this movie. And I still do. It honestly, I it, to you. it looks super interesting. And I've heard, I've heard it's become kind of a little diamond in the rough. Like people, yeah. a lot of people haven't seen it, and they should. Yeah. This, and this is one that I actually ended up showing to like a large family gathering. Because it's it's relatively clean. It's PG thirteen, yeah. but it's mostly sci-fi. It's an aliens attack movie, yeah, yeah. And I was able to show this to him, and it appealed to the younger, uh, like you know, tweens and like the older adults as well. So, okay, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, it's a great choice. Die repeat. Joel, what was the greatest running scene? <laughs> because we know that when Tom Cruise is in a, mo- a movie, he likes to run. He's it's so, his thing. He's so good at it, though. There have been, yeah, there have been. He's YouTube, got a great run. YouTube montages. Of Tom Cruise just running in all his movies. He looks fantastic. Yeah. Why every is he time. so good? He's a great why? runner. I don't know why. But I chose uh, running through Shanghai in Mission Impossible 3. So did I. You did? Oh, yeah. So uh, Mission Impossible 3. Here's the synopsis. <laughs> Here we go. IMF agent Ethan Hunt comes into a conflict with a dangerous and sadistic arms dealer who threatens his life and his fiance in response. <gasps> and he's also disavowed and has to run away. And this is a one mile run through Shanghai. Kent, do you know the fastest, the world record for fastest mile run? Please tell. Three minutes and 43 seconds. How fast does he run it? Tom Cruise ran it in one minute and 35 seconds. Of course he does. And because he's Tom there were Cruise. a lot of obstacles. He was running over roofs and, and around people and <laughs> yelling know, in Chinese. We give J.J. Abrams a lot of flack on this show. You do. Well, deservedly so. But, <laughs> but he directed this film, and I'm not saying he should get the credit, but the way they frame Tom Cruise running in the camera as he's running through the streets, it's almost like a video game because his character, when he's running at full speed, one minute, 30 second mile, well, he is central in the camera and the people are rushing there's, by. There's a 20 second spread there where yeah. it's a single camera shot of him just running Fantastic. next to this river in this, in this little corridor. Right. And it is one of those shots where I went, he had to do this probably multiple times and he's running Full speed. Yeah. Whoa. Is this is Billy Crudup in this movie? Crudup. Yep. Crudup. Yeah. Crudup. Crudup. Yeah. <laughs> Crudup. But he's Crudup, running Zach. past and yelling people. And, and maybe it is because of the emotional attachment, too, because there's some crazy stuff that's well, happening Well, this is right the now. climax of the movie. Yeah. And, I mean, if you can sell Tom Cruise running as the climax of your movie to save his fiance, yeah. like, that's a good move. He's He actually, I think this is the movie where he runs the most in more than any other movie. Really? Yeah. I, and, I watched and the to firm, have this scene there. Oh, I watched the, the firm, firm the other for day, sure. There's a pretty big running scene there. where he just, And it's funny, too, because he's got a briefcase and a giant trench coat on. Yeah. He's just trying to run away. But as far as threat level goes and visually, like this is his best run. So we agree. Oh, totally. Finger boot. Wow. I'm watching it. I'm watching it now. He's talking on the phone. Yeah. To Benji. Ben, yeah. Benji. Not the dog. The man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's a movie where he's good, but the movie is not? Rock of Ages is my choice. The movie's terrible. I have not yeah. seen it. Oh, I don't. Any desire? No. Yeah. I, I was kind of interested in the musical, but to be honest, Tom Cruise didn't seem to fit the role. 
at least in the trailer. So, and I'll tell you why I think he's good, but the movie is not. But the Stacey synopsis Jacks. is his role. a small town girl and a city boy meet on the Sunset Strip while pursuing their Hollywood dreams. Tom Cruise is not the main star here. I would actually say like maybe he was in kind of like a slump of a, outside of Mission Impossible. Which like he rarely cameo. takes supporting roles. Yeah. But this role, he just chewed the scenery to the point where he became the only memorable part of the movie. Hmm. And there's a lot of weird stuff that happens here. I wasn't familiar with the musical. And honestly, even now having seen the movie, I would never willingly watch it. Okay. Just uh, go to but your... But he's good in it? But he's go to, good. Go to your streaming service of choice. Uh, type in Arena Rock and listen to that instead. Yes. But go, what is really, Arena it's, Rock? It's just, uh, you know, like Def Leppard and... and oh, those kind I, of I thought you meant like movie streaming. I thought you were talking about... Like, no, it's because that's what the musical is, right? It's just yeah. 80s hair, mm-hmm. you know, hair Yeah, it's, it's a rock yeah. opera kind of thing. Um, but I, th- I, I have actually seen this one. Tom Cruise is very interesting in this movie, yeah. for sure. He's playing like an aging rocker, mm-hmm. total diva. Yeah, I, I've seen the I've seen the trailer and, and read a little bit about it, but right. And there's, good. You know, there's you're, you're du- saying he's good in it. He's good. I mean, this guy trained. He's not really a singer, but he trained for five hours every day to get his voice ready for his performance. I mean, this is Tom Cruise. When you could have someone else be your voice double, Tom Cruise cares. That should Hashtag be a Tom slogan. Cruise cares. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> that makes it. But no, fun. like watching this, I had no trust in his ability for a musical, and he was the only reason to watch it. Okay. All right. What about you, Joel? Who else is in that one? Uh, nobody. Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, she's done with uh, Alec Baldwin. What? Oh, yeah. He's like a manager or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a few. But uh, uh, Julian Huff. Oh, yeah. Anybody yeah. big in this movie feels like they're a cameo, but yeah, Julian Huff is like the main character. This was supposed to be your breakout role, wasn't there? Yeah. Something like this and Footloose. Oh, that's Oops. right. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Joel, what do you have? So the movie I thought he was good in, but the movie was not. I'm so sorry to my niece. <gasps> sorry, McKay. I'm saying night and day. So the only thing I remember yeah. about this movie is you the, saw this one. The tra- no, the trailer <laughs> had a Muse song. Yes, it did. This, this is Cameron Diaz. Yes, yes. This yeah. Cameron yeah. Diaz and Tom Cruise. Uh, this came out in 2010. It's a weird kind of action comedy. And the thing about this movie is that it's almost good. Like it was right on the cusp of good for me because it's about this this woman. Who, oh, I could read the synopsis. A young woman gets mixed up with a disgraced spy who is trying to clear his name. So Cameron Diaz is just trying to get to her sister's wedding. And then she sits next to this guy on a plane who's Tom Cruise. And then it turns out he's kind of an assassin. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it wants to have a man from uncle vibe. Yeah. As far as kind of like slight, subtle comedy goes. Yes. He plays it very big. And I think he's delightful in the movie. He is an absolute delight in the movie. Like yeah. He is so casual about what's happening. He's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to start getting shot at, but it's going to be okay. Because you just got to go over here and do this. Or like... There's a part where she's like behind the wheel of a car that's out of control and he jumps on the, like he lands on top right. of the hood and he's like, like it's an everyday you're thing. You're doing great. And she's like, get out of the way. I can't see. He's like, you're doing great. Keep it up. And like jumps off and kills a bunch of people and hops back in. She's like, who are you? And I, when he was doing those little, those little quirky side comments about everything that's going on, I was cracking up because I'm like, he's so casual about everything that's going on while she's freaking out. It's no big deal to him. And I enjoyed that aspect of it, but it was the story. The story is just a little sloppy and yeah. doesn't quite get to it's, it's almost like something was off. Like, you know how when you're watching a video and the audio is off from sync from the video, like the words don't match up with what's going on just by a little bit. Sure. I felt like that was the comedy of this movie where Tom Cruise was good and Cameron Diaz was fine. She was. The story surrounding it, everything just felt a little off. A little so, too cliche, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And plenty of action to enjoy, but the, the story just didn't make sense uh, for me. 
Originally, it was supposed to be Adam Sandler, by the way. Wow, that sounds way worse. He declined and said, uh, quote, I just don't see me with a gun. (laughs) And then Tom Cruise was actually, this, this weirded me out. Tom Cruise was auditioning for parts in five films. Does Tom Cruise audition for roles? But he was, I he wouldn't was, think so. He was auditioning for Salt and The Tourist, and then decided he wanted to star in Night and Day. So, you know, I don't know if that was lesser of three evils, but not a great selection there. Huh. And he normally gets, Tom Cruise normally gets $20 million or higher in an advance fee. But for this one, he dropped it down to $11 million. So he's a weird, oh, so soul. humble. <laughs> yes, indeed. Weird. <laughs> Well, yeah. So you were talking about auditions. What is a time where he was maybe miscast or completely miscast? I chose Valkyrie. Is this the eye patch one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the, he actually the eye patch one. The, the marketing <laughs> the people, German eye patch. The one. marketing people were worried that it was going to be called Tom Cruise with an eye patch. <laughs> so the synopsis of Valkyrie is a dramatization of the July twentieth, nineteen forty four assassination and political coup plot by. Dis- wow, there's a lot of words here, but there was a guy who tried to assassinate Hitler. <laughs> Yeah, a real life story of a guy who tried to assassinate assassinate Hitler. The story is actually fascinating. It is. Yeah. It is. But I could not get past Tom Cruise as Tom so Cruise. They do something very clever at the beginning of this movie because we often make fun of how 80s and 90s US movies, we often uh, have foreign characters, but they all speak, you know, American English basically. Yeah. yeah. But this movie transitions into these American actors playing these German soldiers, essentially. So they're speaking German and then it Yeah, kind of and it kind of just does it. a quick transition and you buy it. Yeah, that's like, probably the best thing the movie does. Like Hunt for Red October transition, yeah. a little bit. That's yeah, the yes, best. but at the that same, is the best one. Cool. But at the same time, you've got Kenneth Branagh and Bill Nye and Terrence Stamp, these great British yes. actors, and then Tom Cruise. <laughs> and it just it felt a he was because not you the right just role. always see Tom Cruise. Yeah, and like okay. they, he's missing some fingers. He's got an eye patch. He's limping. Like they try to make him different, and it it just doesn't work. Like I actually the, the movie was good. It's I, fine. I liked learning about the story. To be honest, yeah. But I just thought it was so weird that Tom Cruise... I kept being like, how do they not know that Tom Cruise is evil? It's Tom Cruise. Or not evil. I guess he's good, but <laughs> he was against their plot. Uh, fun fact about this one, by the way. They were worried because German the German people were not a fan of Scient- Tom Cruise's belief in Scientology. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of protesting it and starting up a bunch of stuff. So they decided to shift the focus of the movie, of the marketing, from Tom Cruise to director Brian Singer. Not a good move. And he's not a great guy. Not a good move. So, huh. yeah. I just thought it was kind of like a jumping out of the frying pan into the fryer. A little bit, yeah. Stuff. yeah. What about so, you? Yeah. Kent, what do you have? Oh, Jack Reacher. Really? Jack Reacher. It's purely physical. It right. is. Right. Because spo- this was a book. Yeah, go ahead. You, you know this one. So, Jack, the Jack Reacher series by author Lee Child, the way he describes Jack Reacher, and there is an, now an Amazon series, which, Joel, you've seen, right? Yeah. And I think they have an actor that actually looks the type. because an actor, sure. <laughs> oh, really? They're, is that where we're at? a big guy. Okay. But the character is blonde, 6'5", and weighs between 210 to 250 pounds. So picture, like, you know, the rock with hair. Yeah. A blonde, blonde hair. rock. A blonde rock. Tom Cruise is 5'7". And that's not a slam to anyone that's 5'7 and says they're 5'9". But <laughs> Tom Cruise is not this menacing guy. He is still Tom Cruise, but he's gained a little bit of weight. Slash, he's wearing a flannel shirt that he looks tough in. And they do things in this movie. And I do like this movie a lot. Not the sequel. But I do like uh, how Jack he... Jack Reacher per- never stops stopping. <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. But there's one scene where he's fighting people just in the street. And they do make him intimidating because he takes on a whole gang of people. That, that's just it. I understand he's completely different from what they did. Yes. From what, what the book is. But I also think they did a good job of making Tom Cruise believable as you don't want to mess with him. Yeah. 
Like you would not suspect. I would not want to mess with you. You wouldn't Cruise. suspect that this tiny guy could take on everyone. Yeah. And he does. But he's totally miscast. Five seven's not that tiny. <laughs> I'm not five seven, but are you sure? Oh, I'm I'm much taller than those five seven puny kids. <laughs> We'd like to apologize to every listener who's five seven. <laughs> and under. Yeah. Okay, how about more of an underrated show? More people should like this movie. Kent? All right, I'm going with American Made. And this is just... Yeah. You didn't like this one? No. Really? This one came out 2017. I thought this movie was strangely kind of... Well, funny to begin with, because there are scenes where they put Tom Cruise in danger or in kind of humiliating situations. Basically, so I'll read the synopsis. The story of Barry Seal, an American pilot who became a drug runner for the CIA in the 1980s in a clandestine operation that would be exposed as the Iran-Contra affair. Very complicated, but basically he flew planes as a drug runner. And I think like the situations that they put him in are funny. They're thrilling. This one kind of came out of nowhere because it's also a dramatic role for him. Well, it's supposed to be based on true events too, but I read the real story and that was pretty cool. Is it way off? It's off. Like they, they took a lot of liberties. Does it make Tom Cruise just look like a movie star who does cool stuff with a plane <sighs> a instead bit. of the real the real story? Yeah. So it, you didn't like this one? It started off interesting and then it just it just dragged and started getting repetitive to me. And I was like, okay, we get it. Let's let's move on. But yeah. See the the fact is like because it's based on a true story, and who knows, well, Joel, you do how real it is. I found it thrilling. So I'm like, well, if this is really happening, like this stuff is intense. So I feel like it's underseen, and I feel like more people should like it. Maybe even Joel, if you give him another chance. Mm. What do you think, Joel? I will if you give mine a chance, Kent. Which is? Minority Report. Oh, I'll, I'll give it a chance. So more. Wait, I, do people not like this movie? Well, I think it's people forget about this movie. And I think that it's one of Spielberg's lesser known. Like when you think of Spielberg movies. Sure. This came after Saving Private Ryan, which seems to be like the stop of when his good movies were. Oh, sad. Great movies were. And this is a good, this, this is, I actually do enjoy my Yeah. Part. I think it's, I think it's a very well movie, very well made movie. I love the, the thought provoking that happens while you watch this movie of like, is this right? Is this wrong? And the idea of you could be uh, Tom Cruise in this movie predicts, fu- they fu- you know, future murders. He doesn't, but the precogs do. And he sees himself doing it. He's like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. How would I, why would I murder a person I don't even know? And then you spend the whole movie trying to figure out why. And then when it's revealed, you're like, oh my gosh, that was staring me right in the face the whole time. But I didn't yeah. see it. And it's emotional. It is very emotional. Yeah. But I can also see why people don't like it. Like I, I can actually explain why people don't like this okay, movie. Okay, go on. I feel like Steven Spielberg trying to be... Uh, Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick does not work. In fact, AI came out just before this. Right. And because AI flopped so badly, they kind of did the opposite of the other movie I was talking about. They flipped Tom Cruise's name at the top and downplayed Steven Spielberg's role in it. But I feel like it's too gritty, too grimy to truly appeal to more people. There's a scene in there where the eyeball scene. Well, after the eyeball scene, mm-hmm. when he's grab, he can't see because he has a blindfold on, and he's grabbing food out of the fridge. Oh. And for some reason, Mm-mm. there's a moldy sandwich, yeah, and and rotten milk. Uh huh. And it was like one of the things where I'm like, that's not really necessary here, like for the plot. And it was just there for a, a throwaway gag, yeah, or a throw up gag, literally. <laughs> and there's also some sassy stuff in there that I'm also like, not really necessary, but it's just him trying to be edgy. They put a, like they put a lot of grime on this movie, and yeah. I feel like it was to its detriment. Where it's could if it was a little more polish, I think it would appeal to more people because I think it's off putting to people. But mm. I think more people should like it because 
it is thought provoking. It is unique. And there are things in this movie that have stuck with me ever since I saw Maybe it. underseen 20 years later. Yeah. 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 You, don't, you don't hear people talking about it anymore. By the way, the scene where he's, he's in a bathtub underwater. Yeah. And there's a part where just like he's trying to hide from these, these uh, uh, spiders, these mechanical spiders. Creepy. And he's underwater and he's holding his breath. And one single bubble comes out of his nose and goes to the surface. One air bubble. And then it pops and they, they know where he is. They were going to do a CGI and Tom Cruise like, no, no. <laughs> I got this. That's so Tom Cruise. So he learned how I to will blow make a, a nose single bubble. air bubble out of his nose for this movie. <laughs> He's dedicated to the craft. We're to the sort of midpoint of the show. Things are dragging. We could use <laughs> an action scene. What's the best action scene or stuff he's done? We may agree again on this, Kent. I'm not sure. We do. Climbing Burj Khalifa in Absolutely. Dubai? Absolutely. Yes. Ridiculous. Climbing the tallest building. Zach, do you know in anything about this? Have you seen images? Uh, this is it. an Mission Impossible 5. Ghost Four. Protocol. 4. 4. I yeah. wish they would have just kept the numbers because I can't Four. tell. Yeah. 5 can was I read the, the synopsis? to the side of Rhythm Nation. One. Yeah. Can I, can I read the synopsis? Yes. Yeah. Go for it. The IMF is shut down when it's implicated in the bombing of the Kremlin, causing Ethan Hunt and his team to go rogue to clear the organization's name. Same movie. <laughs> this is the climax. Is it the climax? No, it's not. No, this is middle. When this is the middle of the movie. So he's climbing the tallest building in the world. This is Tom Cruise. And the insurance company said, hey, we're not going to allow you to do everything you want. And so he goes, okay, guess what? You're fired. And we're going to find another insurance company that will allow me to do whatever I want and put my life in danger. At this point, that's like a Bruce Wayne move. It really is, <laughs> right? <laughs> I bought the insurance company. And it's funny because Mission Impossible 3, for as good as it is, it kind of uh, was seemed like the death of the Mission Impossible franchise. Well, it seemed like a completion of an arc, maybe. But also his stardom was kind of decreasing at that point. Mm-hmm. And so they released a promotion shot from this one where he's sitting atop the building and he's just chilling out. No wires, no nothing. And people saw that and they're like, oh, Tom Cruise, you crazy cat, you. Uh, because, and they're like, Tom I, cat. Oh, there you go. And yeah, I think this scene works so well because it feels so real. So th- th- let me set up the scene a little bit. He has to get from one floor of this giant hotel building to another floor, but he can't go through the main hallway. So he has to climb on the outside of this building and crawl to this other thing with using these special gloves that stuck to the window. Yes. My palms sweat, like drip sweat every mm-hmm. time I watch this scene because it is so terrifying. Mom's Pischetti. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course. In reality, he did have cables and wires with him. He wasn't using the special gloves, but he was really out there doing it. And even just watching it, I start freaking out. And I'm like, he, the guy has no fear. It's insane. Right. I was going to give it to him for the scene where he has to hold his breath for six minutes. Which he actually learned how to which do. Which he learned how to do. He could hold his breath for six minutes which we're going to do right now here on the air. Good airtime. Oh, you, you ruined it, Ken. Oh, sorry. Now we can't do it. <laughs> but then Kate Winslet beat him, so I don't think it's that great of a stunt anymore. She beat him for holding her breath? In Avatar 2, Kate Winslet apparently beat his record for six minutes. Oh, Zach, Zach died. Up. That Zach. was, hold on, learn the clock, let 27 seconds. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Stop smoking, Zach. <laughs> but no, that is such an amazing stunt. Wow. I think because it, you feel it. It doesn't seem like it could be CG, like you just, uh, and I'm so afraid of heights. It's my third greatest fear. Visceral thing. Huh? Yes, it is. It is. Guys, can we do a holding breath contest after the show? I want sure. To hold the breath sure. longest. Sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's going to secretly breathe through his nose. All right. How about your most surprising performance? Here's another movie that maybe not a lot of people have seen, but the most surprising performance for me is Vincent in Collateral. 
This movie oh, came yeah, out in 2004. Collateral. That's this, is, Tom, this is the, the gray hair one. Tom yes. Cruise has gray hey. hair. Yeah. Yeah, like the gray hair flat top movie. Yeah. That's what we're talking about and here. He's a bad guy in this one, which is very. Is he a unique. bad guy or is he a bad guy? He's a bad guy. Oh, okay. Killer Duh. Guy. <laughs> sorry. Wow. I'm wow. So sorry. Wow. Remember that song? We're relevant three years ago. Wow. So a cab driver finds himself the hostage of an engaging contract killer as he makes his rounds from hit to hit during one night in Los Angeles. This is a two-man movie, essentially. Mm-hmm. You have Tom Cruise saying, I need a ride to go kill some people, and Jamie Foxx is his cab driver. And he just gets placed in the worst night of his life. And Tom Cruise, we talked about how he doesn't want to play a loser. He's playing a straight-up murderer. Yeah, he's he's, but he's a he, bad dude. He's a bad dude, but he's still like good at what he does. He's not yeah. a loser. Well, it's weird because it's the Tom Cruise charm that we all know, but it works because I already think, and this was mid-2000s, he was already a little unhinged at this point as a person. And I think it kind of works for his unpredictability of the character as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world, but he plays such a horrible person that you know you should never feel anything for. Mm-hmm. But And it's Michael Mann who directed Heat as well, right. one of the greatest directors of the time. And this, I think this movie is phenomenal. And so I think just him being that, yeah, just playing against type. Yeah. I think it really worked for him. I would love to see it again. I I would too. I was actually thinking I need to watch this one again because it's been a long time since I saw it, but I was surprised that he was the bad guy. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched Legend? Yes. Zach, can I explain Legend to you? Please. A young man. And also the rest of his career. A a young man must stop the Lord of Darkness from destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves. (gasps) Directed by Ridley Scott, who did Alien, Blade Runner, Thelma Louise, G.I. Jane, and The Martian. Tom Cruise plays Jack O. The Green. (laughs) Uh, sure. Also in Far he's, and Away, right? It's a prequel. Yeah. What is this armor he's, he's wearing? He's a forest being who can talk to unicorns and fairies, and he de- decapitates a swamp hag at one point. And then Tim Curry is like this giant devil. devil with like the biggest horns you've that, ever does this seen. Look familiar at all? I have no concept of this movie. It is very unusual. And Tom Cruise's hair is longer than it was in Mission Impossible Two. <laughs> That's like, long. This this is a bizarre bizarre fantasy movie, and to see Tom Cruise in it, it's surprising. Yeah, this is this is 1985, so it's just before he hit it really big with Top Gun. Also, Mia Sarah is in this, and it's mm-hmm. just before uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off as well, because she's uh, Sloan. But the funny thing about this movie is that Tom Cruise, even back then, apparently they were swimming in these waters that had alligators in them, and Tom Cruise was like, "I got this." Of course, he didn't care. He swam in it. And there is a director's cut, which is the one that is preferred by Rid- both Ridley Scott and Tom Cruise. In fact, Tom Cruise is called the U.S. theatrical version as a, quote, stereotypical 80s fantasy. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing stereotypical about this movie. It's insane. <laughs> I want to watch the director's cut now. Absolutely insane. You should. It's, uh, it's uh, from what I hear, it, it's 114 minutes as opposed to the U.S. version, which was 89 minutes. Wow. So you get some extra More minutes. Tim Curry. More Tim Curry. I'll take that. Zach, this is like a fever dream. I'm looking at images right now. Yeah. It looks insane. It is insane. And once again, seeing Tom Cruise is almost like this elf-like character. It's bizarre, but it's not bad. It's it's somewhat entrancing, actually, this movie. Tier 2 80s fantasy? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you're going to go with movies that are bad in this category, but, uh, well, what's your, well, at least he tried movie yeah, or role when we came with this category it was like you know he tried something you no know, good on he, you he did something different sure it may not have worked no like you know having an irish accent in oh. far and away 
Oh, that's so mean. Which is regularly on almost every list of bad accents. It's he's gonna be in the. But top you five. love this movie. I love this movie. Yeah. So far and away, if you don't know, a young Irish couple flee to the states, but subsequently struggle to obtain land and prosper freely. So it's directed by Ron Howard, who did Willow and Splash and Cocoon and Apollo eighteen, Apollo thirteen, excuse me. Uh, Backdrop, <laughs> not Apollo Mike. eighteen. That's the Family Giants album. <laughs> Solo and the Da Vinci Code. So Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman have just recently got married, and that was kind of the promo for this. Is like, oh, they're married, and now they're in a movie together, and they love each other. And it it's a bit slow. It's charming. But it is a well-made epic drama. And Tom Cruise does, I looked it up, Tom Cruise does have Irish ancestry, but he does not have very good Irish accent. And you know what? He tried. Tell me like my hat. Tell me like my hat, Shannon. Why can't you just tell me you like my hat? Oh, I've seen that clip. Yeah. But you haven't seen this movie? No. This is a fun drama. We're talking to Zach. You should watch the one with your wife. I think she would enjoy it. Okay. (laughs) That is not committal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Far and away, I I watch it almost every... Hey, you should watch this movie where Tom Cruise is going to be real hard to listen to the whole time. But the thing is, there's something charming about it. Like, even Nicole Kidman's accent isn't fantastic, but it's just, there's, it's such a good movie. It's so cute. Yeah. Kent? Lions for Lambs. I have not seen this one. Yeah, don't ever watch it. This one came out 2007. This was after all of his bad publicity. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to make a drama. Or at least he was cast in a drama. He didn't make this movie. Robert Redford made this movie. The synopsis is, Injuries sustained by two army rangers behind enemy lines in Afghanistan set off a sequence of events involving a congressman, a journalist, and a professor. Isn't this Three Kings? No, because Three Kings is actually kind of good. Tom Cruise plays a Republican senator who also wants to run for president. And this one is basically Robert Redford writing fan fiction of how he thinks a conservative politician would be. Mm. Uh, this one is basically saying, like, war is bad, okay? Because, I mean, that's the whole <laughs> was movie. Was that the tagline on the poster? Yeah. Okay. War is bad, bad, okay? This whole movie is a lecture. Tom Cruise is just like this archetype. It's a very one-dimensional character. And I think he was trying to not be the action guy anymore. Two years previous, he was in War of the Worlds, which is just bigger than life, but still not very well received. No. And then he's like, you know, I'm going to change it up. And it just didn't work out. And this is the last dramatic movie he's made since then. So 2007. Now he's just like, you know, I know where my lane is. And I'm going to stay there. What's a movie that you'd like to see the sequel? Where's the sequel, Tom Cruise? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Really? Yes. (sighs) Wait, you don't. No, because I feel like much like The Matrix, it it ends in a way where you're kind of like, oh, anything can happen. This is going to be fun. If they do a sequel, it's going to tell me where the story went instead of letting me imagine it. Which, it could be better. Mm. You don't know. Mm. So they've actually announced a sequel to this, uh, but it's been eight years since that movie came out. Yeah. And that movie, like you said, is moderately successful. He looks the same, though. But very well liked. Yeah, but isn't it weird? It's like, by the time this movie comes out, if it does, and by the way, it will be called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. Live, die, repeated. got to nail down better marketing for these movies. <laughs> edge There's of tomorrow. Or edge of the day after tomorrow. Uh, hey, wait. O- edge of overmorrow. Closer to the edge of tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm about to break. <laughs> I did think it was funny. The uh, ed- edge of tomorrow took place in 2020. And I think it was very telling of how the world was going to be. It was, like a, it was like repeated days. <laughs> yeah. Instead of exoskeletons, we were wearing masks. And pajamas. <laughs> <laughs>
future is terrible, right. man. <laughs> it was the worst. But the director of the first movie, he's he's attached. Everyone's kind of rumored to be part of this movie. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. They don't have a script. But the director said, if I'm going to do a sequel for the first time in my life, which he's never done before, I want to make it the opposite of what you'd expect from a sequel. And we found a story that does that. The fact that it may be like a little more grounded as a story, maybe not as action packed, which maybe people, people wouldn't like as much. But we, we saw Edge of Tomorrow. We don't need to see him die continually and, and come back. It was fun. It was fun, but I think it worked in that movie. But if they could expand that a little bit more, I would love to see it. Of all Tom Cruise movies, I think that's a sequel that needs to be done. What do you think, Joel? Now, you went with needs to be done. Yes. I went with, well, that's kind of disappointing. Because huh. I went with The Mummy. The oh, dark. you're like, where's the sequel? <laughs> where's hey, the dark, dark universe? universe? That's what I was going to say. So The Mummy, if you don't know, the, the Mummy that came out in Tom Cruise in 2017, which we actually did a bacon bit about it. We did. The synopsis, an ancient Egyptian princess is awakened from her crypt beneath the desert, bringing with her malevolence grown over millennia and terrors that defy human comprehension. So starring Tom Cruise. So he was a, a soldier in this one. There's actually a really cool action sequence in a plane here that almost made my list when yep. they're when they're tumbling down, like the plane is going to crash and they're actually in like one of those vomit comets that go up and down the parabolas and, mm -hmm. and make them go weightless. But this movie was supposed to be the setup for the dark universe. They were going to kickstart because Universal's the classic monsters that we know and love. Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Like those were all great back in the day. And they were trying to reboot this and say, okay, we're going to do a dark universe. And they were going to have Johnny Depp. And he was going to play the Invisible, the Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Man. Uh, Javier Bardem Russell, was going to be the Wolfman. Russell Crowe was in this movie, Russell right? Russell Crowe was in the movie as uh, Dr. Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll. Terrible. It was actually Angelina Jolie as Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And I, I don't really like this movie. I didn't like The Mummy. See, this was and my this was almost my choice for he's good, the movie is not, mm -hmm. because he seems to be having a lot of fun in a really mediocre movie. From my perspective on the outside, I, I saw the advertising for this, and I just kept thinking, why is Tom Cruise in this movie? Yeah. It yeah. seems odd. But when they, they were going to do this, it was getting ready to go. They'd already gotten a bride, uh, Angelina Jolie getting ready for Bride of Frankenstein. And then this movie made, I mean, the budget was possibly around $200 million. Wow. It, I mean, estimates vary, but that's kind of where it is. But then it, the box office, it made $410 million. So it turned a profit. But? Apparently, it wasn't a big enough profit. Okay. And that's why I'm like, where's the sequel? Because looking at these other movies, when I mentioned box office before, a lot of his other movies, yeah, they made about double the budget. That's right. kind of what they do. But this one, for some reason just killed the franchise. And so I keep being like, Oh, it didn't make a billion dollars. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's Weird, right? what I, and, and they gave up on the whole shared universe concept with, you know, maybe it may have been for good. They, the movies could have been terrible for all we know, mm -hmm. but I still just kind of went, why, why did this movie kill the franchise when it did fine? And the, the reception was fine. I kind of think it was the hype behind the whole dark universe. I think the fact that they hadn't reached Marvel numbers for this movie. Maybe it wasn't enough to kick it off, oh. but it just felt weird to me that they set it up. They even did the promo shots of all of them together. Yeah. And you know, in this movie, well, they set up future movies and then they're like, never mind. The inclusion of Russell Crowe in this movie was so forced. Oh, it was I honestly think it ruined the movie. Kind of did. Yeah. Because you know, whenever you start setting stuff up for future movies and it doesn't happen, that just makes yeah. the movie terrible. So yeah, I just went with the mummy going, where's the sequel? Why did the dark universe get killed because of this movie? What is an Oscar worthy performance that Tom Cruise has given? Joel? He actually was nominated, as I mentioned before, yeah. for uh, Best Actor for... Born on the 4th of July. Born on the 4th of July and Jerry Maguire. But I went with one where he was overshadowed. I went with Rain Man. 
Okay. One of his early movies. I remember when I was in elementary school and my teacher talked about this movie. Because did Kim Pete come to your school? He came to my school. He didn't come to Zach's. No. Oh. Kim Pewter? Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. So, uh, synopsis of Rain Man. This came out in 1988, by the way. After a selfish L.A. yuppie learns that his estranged father has left a fortune to an autistic savant brother in Ohio that he didn't even know existed, he absconds with his brother and sets out across the country hoping to gain a larger inheritance. And this is directed by Barry Levinson, who did The Natural and, and Bandits and Wag the Dog, uh, and starring Tom Cruise as Charlie Babbitt and Dustin Hoffman as Raymond Babbitt. And Dustin Hoffman rightfully got a lot of attention for his role as uh, as Raymond. I mean, you've heard Rain Man probably and seen tons of references yeah. around it. And Dustin Hoffman does a fantastic job at it. But Tom Cruise really does a fantastic job of being Tom Cruise. And this is the stereotypical. He's a cocky jerk. Sure. Who then learns to be humble because he has this brotherly love. And he learns to... I mean, Raymond is this very unique character. He doesn't communicate well. And when Tom Cruise is getting frustrated with him, you feel frustrated. But then Tom Cruise starts to see, his heart starts to melt, he starts to understand, and it becomes this beautiful story. Now, this was the highest grossing movie of 1988. What? Beating out Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Crocodile Dundee 2, Twins, The Naked Gun, and Big. And Cocktail, his other Tom Cruise's other movie, okay. was also that number eight that same year. So he had two movies in wow. the top ten that year. A very good uh, year for him. Uh, and Cruz wasn't nominated for this role, but I thought his, uh, he has some very emotional parts. Of it. If you haven't seen Rain Man, highly recommend watching yeah, this Yeah, it's one. very good. Uh, by the way, they originally were uh, going to get Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid to be the brothers in this movie, which they're real life brothers. Yeah. And you can probably guess who's going to play who. And then Dustin Hoffman was originally going to be the, the Charlie Babbitt, the cocky character. And Bill Murray was also going to be kind of the oh, weird. Huh. So It sounds like they Savant. were maybe a, a little too comedic. I think so. And yeah. they took this in a much more dramatic yeah. uh, direction. And I think that the movie is stronger for it. But Tom Cruise, he gave an Oscar-worthy performance, I feel. Yeah, in early Rain in his Man. career. Yeah. Yeah. Kent? Mine he was nominated for, but for Best Supporting Actor. It's from Magnolia. Still haven't Magnolia. seen that one. Yeah. I know. Y- yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on there. I actually watched the Tom Cruise. I've, I've seen the Tom Cruise clip of him doing the motivational speaking. And I'm like, what is this? It came out of nowhere. So Magnolia, it's an epic mosaic of interrelated characters in search of love, forgiveness, and meaning in the San Fernando Valley. Wow. Is this a student film? So ah, it's a PTA movie. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Same diff. It, yeah. Well, it's that, but with a budget and talent behind it. Yeah. Uh, this talent. movie. Oh, absolutely. You don't like Paul Thomas Anderson? Not particularly. Really? None of his movies? No, I can't think of any that I like. Name some. Well, you don't like Boogie Nights. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah, have you seen The Master? Nope. With Joaquin Phoenix? No. Uh, oh, wow. It's so good. Uh, Punch Trunk Love? Yes. Did you like that one? It's okay. Okay. Magnolia is fantastic. It is probably in my 30 favorite movies of all time. That's how far we're dropping down the bar yeah, now? Yeah, <laughs> no. I love Magnolia. This is one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, it's over three hours long. And so it what? tests your patience. It is. Because it's there's like... 12 stories, 12 different actors who have uh, significant stories here. Like, f- so what do you say is Paul Thomas Anderson? Or so Richard Philip, Seymour Hoff, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, John C. Riley, William H. Macy. And then Tom Cruise comes in this role. And by the way, all these characters are connected and it's very clever how they do it. But Tom Cruise shows up as the most despicable person you could think of. He is one of these slimy dating coaches 20 years before their time. Cause now you can see these kind of alpha males on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. But he played this guy who's one of these late night alpha male televangelists and he's gross. 
Like there, it seems irredeemable, mm. but then there's there's actually mo- way more to his character where he's really angry at his dad, and there's a whole family backstory there, and the, the performance is touching. I was just looking to see if I found it edited. I don't think they have the filters for it. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I mean, once again, I would want you to find like an edited copy, maybe cut 20 minutes because it's overly long, but Tom Cruise for the 17 minutes he shows up, it's striking what this man can do with a great dramatic role. Huh. He was, I think he, he should have won. He was nominated for this, too. He was nominated. Uh, and if he should have won, absolutely. But, yeah, Magnolia. Who, do you if, know, you're, do you know, if you're one of these college film students <laughs> that you need a, a movie to just chew on. Do you happen to know who won over him that year? 20 seconds later. The person who won instead of Tom Cruise from the Cider House Rules is Michael Caine. Michael Caine. You, you're going to take that award away from Michael Caine? Yeah. Oh. <gasps> I know that feels wrong. That no, feels, sorry, wrong. that feels wrong. That felt wrong. You said it so so resolutely. <laughs> Tom Cruise is. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is maybe one of the weirder categories we've ever had. Who's the best looking character that this? <laughs> the best. The wait, the best looking character that a single person has played. One person has. I mean, so Tom Cruise who looks the same in every role. I don't know. He's he was less handsome in the eighties. Oh, yeah, he absolutely was. I think so. He's not good looking because he's outsiders. got that tooth. Kind of an awkward duck in the 80s. He, he blossomed. I'm surprised he's he got so famous. Now. The dude is a vampire. He's a swan with he's scruff. The dude immortal. is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, the guy hasn't he aged at all. When he was Lestat, definitely. Yeah, maybe that's where he learned how to stay young. <gasps> wow. <laughs> so I'm going to go with some a role where he actually looks kind of different. And by that, I mean he has impossible too. beautiful flowing long hair. Mission Impossible 2. And a beard. The Last Samurai. Oh. He plays a character named Nathan Algren. Joel, have you seen this one? Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Gorgeous film. Beautiful soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Loads Tom Cruise. Right to sleep. Tom Cruise in this role is, is captivating. There's such a great arc to him. Once again, it doesn't feel like a Tom Cruise movie. Like, he's kind of a bad person. He's a, he's a war hero that has to go to Japan and teach him basically how to defend themselves and there's a real conflict of emotions here and yes it's a sleepy movie you're saying that's the best looking character though oh, he is, is tom cruise no he pulls off long hair and a beard so well so you'd like him long that, hair and a beard but not long hair as lestat no because that's bl- like bleach blonde <laughs> and like pasty and really nasty so this vampire. one you put samurai gear on that guy and oh <laughs> wow wow in japanese because seriously the man really pulls it off. So I, did, have I talked enough about the uh, the story for you guys to get what's going on yeah, here? Yeah. But he spent two years preparing for this movie, including learning swordplay and learning Japanese. Because it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's what he does. He throws himself in these roles. Yeah. And he gained 20 pounds of muscle for this role. You can tell. He's jacked. And yeah, he pulls, he pulls it all off. Okay. All right. Joel? Best well, looking Tom Cruise. I love a man in uniform and never has Tom Cruise looked better in uniform than as Lieutenant Daniel Caffey in A Few Good Men. So He just looks like Tom Cruise. He looks like a fantastic version of he Tom Cruise. He is Tom Cruise. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Honorable mention to Jerry Maguire there, by the way. Honorable mention to Tropic Thunder. <laughs> is Les Grossman? No. Yeah, we even brought him up. Yeah. It's a great cameo. It's surprising. I was like, that's an honorable mention. But uh, if you haven't seen A Few Good Men, you should watch it. This is one it's of very the good. best courtroom dramas ever made. Uh, So the synopsis, a military Sorkin movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a synopsis. Military lawyer, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey defends Marines accused of murder. This is like a tongue twister. Yeah. They contend they were acting under orders. 
And this is directed by Rob Reiner, who, man, I never realized how much I love Rob Reiner until I look at his body of work. And it's you like, really? this is Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery. Like, he's got a lot of movies that I just and really enjoy. Yeah. And yeah, and very varying, too. Uh, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Kiefer Sutherland in this movie. Fantastic courtroom drama. Just very well done. I've never served in the military, and I've never participated in court proceedings, yet I was completely engaged while watching this movie and watching the story unfold. And he's uh, a courtroom lawyer, so he's always very, looks nice, and right. looks fantastic, and when he's, you know... I just for, I forgot why we're talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not because the movie's good. No. He's super hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, the movie is fantastic, too, but uh, Tom Cruise just looks really, really good in this role. A few good-looking men? Yeah. <laughs> but he's, you know... Well, in Jerry Maguire, he's got kind of a scruffy thing going on, and sometimes he's disheveled. In this one, he's always just looking just on point. Just good job, Tom yeah. Cruise, looking good in this movie. And we, Military I mean, chic. And, it, and of course, he gave us You Can't Handle the Truth, which is one of the most iconic lines in film history. Yep. And uh, the whole opening we did for this uh, episode was based on that. So, yeah. yeah That's think, why he's the hottest. Yep. Lieutenant Caffey, he's the hottest. All right. We move into our final category, which is who is your favorite character and why is it Ethan Hunt? It's not. What? It's not. What? Did we both choose? We did not. <sighs> Go who, for it, Joel. Who's your favorite character, Joel? Oh, do we want to end on yours? Mine's going to be the obvious choice. Uh, it's a weak choice, but that's fine. Lieutenant Pete Maverick Pete Mitchell. Maverick. There's not much Top to the character. Gun? Are you kidding me? Zach? It's Maverick. Maverick's great. It's great call sign. Maverick. What happens in the movie? Like, what's his what's his whole thing? Volleyball. He's, a, he's Sunglasses. A, he's a cocky guy. He wears sunglasses. <laughs> okay, hold on. He tell wears me. sunglasses. Tell me about Tom Cruise roles. He's a, he's a cocky guy yeah. who then gets disavowed by IMF and has to join <laughs> the flight school. That's great. Top Gun. Falls in love with an older woman. Yes. Kelly McGillis. Doo, doo, uh, no, synopsis. If you don't know, uh, as students of the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to be the best in the class, one daring young pilot learns few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. I think when the sequel comes out, I will agree with you because I want to see more from the character. But there's so little that this is just an 80s type character. Well, I, it's so simple. I watched this many, many times when I was many, right. many times when I was younger, and I thought it was the coolest. One of the coolest. It's cool. Ever. It's super. Well, I've been cool. watching it recently. It's still cool. I still. It's like just this not movie. much there. It's just a, a cocky pilot. That's Are it. you kidding me? Am I wrong? He's a cocky pilot, but he also has emotion. <laughs> And a need for speed. Heart. He has a need for speed. All right? You jerk. I know. No, I love Top Gun. I watched it yesterday. I got a little emotional at the right parts. And you got emotional at Top Gun? Yeah. You got emotion. Come on, that scene. Beach volleyball? Oh, wait. Was that Goose? Cry? Was st- goose? No, no. Goose? No. Goose. But I almost did. Goose. Goose. <laughs> goose. And the volleyball scene, too. You yeah. cried at that? Yeah. Val Kilmer? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, by the way, actor Matthew Modine was originally supposed to be Pete Mitchell. And he turned it down. Yeah. And I'm glad he did because I think yeah. Maverick is like... One was of it a destined role for Tom Cruise? Destined. I, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Iconic. Yeah. Probably right. his most iconic role. Maverick. There's just not much happening there. <laughs> oh, I'm it's sorry. A, no, it's we can't cool, all watch Paul Thomas Anderson no, movies. Here's the, you're going, you're going to mock my choice, and rightly so, but it's a better character. Who is it? And I'm sorry to say this because it's going against every fiber of my being. Jerry Maguire. It's Jerry Maguire. Wow. I'm voting. Kent Dunn is voting for Jerry Maguire. What world is this? It's a weird world. It doesn't make sense. I watched Top Gun and Jerry Maguire yesterday and today. Shut up. 
Just shut up. You had hello. Go on. I cried watching Jerry Maguire. What? I did too. I you thank you, Joel. Thank you. That, that makes me I, feel that was what I so cried much better. Six hours ago. I've seen it many times, and we've talked about rom coms, and I'm sitting there going, Jerry Maguire in my head, you know, this is Kent voice. Jerry Maguire is just your standard rom com. Like, I don't want to watch it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. And it's not really a rom com, it's a romance, right? Yeah. I wouldn't but say But the, the whole thing is a character piece. And Renee Zoeger is so good in this movie. And the way they play together, and here's the, th- okay, once again, let's go back to synopsis real quick before I get to the crying part. When a sports agent has a moral epiphany and is fired for expressing it, he decides to put his new philosophy to the test as an independent agent with the only athlete who stays with him and his former colleague. Cameron Crowe movie, mm-hmm. once again, another student filmmaker we all loved in the early 2000s. But Jerry Maguire just works for some reason. And this is why I like... And Maverick was almost my choice, Joel. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much more meat to this character. He's a very flawed and selfish person who has this amazing arc. Wait, you're saying he's a cocky character who learns a lesson uh, and becomes a better person? <laughs> yes, but it, it takes two hours and 15 minutes to speak through that. Yeah. Not just through montages. Like this whole movie is great dialogue. I So I just watched this one recently mm-hmm. and there was a lot that I'd forgotten about this movie. I, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it was just, right? it was interesting to me to watch it again and just kind of see the progression of his character, which I did enjoy. I enjoyed it. But, but it ebbs and flows, too, because even when like, oh, that's a good moment for him. No, he's still going to make bad decisions. Yeah, but I do not understand why this movie became such a pop culture phenomenon when it came out, because it was in the age of soundtracks. And the soundtrack, I think soundtrack is phenomenal. Definitely. Yes. But, but like people, the, the, the term show me the money, you complete me, you had me at hello. Yes. These are all things that became part Jonathan of... Jonathan Lipnicki. <laughs> you know, the human head weighs eight pounds, but that became part I, of our pop culture I think this was destined for Renee Zellweger to become famous. She actually said that when she got the role for this, she didn't have enough money. She couldn't withdraw any money out of her ATM because she didn't have any left yeah. like when she got she this role. She spent it all on lemons. That so, makes sense. And this is where... Zach... <laughs> <laughs> And this is where we get to the part where you probably got emotional as well. It's right near the end of the movie, and there's just this this big sports scene where it seems like a bad tragedy may happen. And then you, it gets you all emotional. That part got you? No, but, oh. it, but it, it leads up to the big romantic element. Yep. And that I'm watching this, and I'm the like... Speech in the room with oh, all the ladies. Oh, it's speech in the room with the divorce club. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's really putting it out there. And he's good. He's very good. He is. But when Renee speaks... I start crying and I had no Would one else in the room. Shut up. Yep. Shut yep. up. And I seriously looked around the room. No one else is there. And I said, why am I doing this? Why is this happening right now? You're I've seen this movie probably four times. Got a You're a softy. And, and the, the score hit me right at that moment. You want. See, I can't do it. Right but it's so good. And the character, there's so much meat there. I love, I love Maverick. I thought they had more meat when he was the last samurai. Yeah, that's true. He, he had to cut up. through it. Yeah. yeah. 20 pounds of muscle right there. Yeah, yeah. But no, Jerry Maguire, that, I mean, there's very few Tom Cruise characters where you remember their name. Like Maverick, sure. Ethan Hunt, sure, because we've seen him in a lot of movies. But the movie's called Jerry Maguire, and that sticks. No, I liked him when he was Taps and Taps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sergeant Taps and Taps? Sure. Oh. Yeah. So anyways, favorite character. Wow. I, I respect your decision. It, there was something off about the editing for me on this movie when I was watching it. Like I, like it felt like, uh, what's that movie? Margot Robbie, housing, Wall Street, housing bubble. Oh, the Big Short. Yeah, like that one. I felt like this movie 
that movie, uh, Big Short, did it better than Jerry Maguire, where it's just kind of jumping around a little bit. Okay. Because I kept watching it going, is this, because I was watching it on a TV edit, and I kept being like, is this the TV edit, or is this the actual edit? So I'll have to talk to you about it later. Mm-hmm. I, I actually do think that character is a great choice. It's not Maverick, but it's a good choice. Yeah. The, so the category here's your consolation The category prize. was favorite character, so I'm go. not sure there's a wrong answer. There is. <laughs> You've told me my favorites are wrong many, many times. Many times. Many times. All right, so, so Zach. Yeah. Which Tom Cruise movies would you watch? Oh, uh, have we appealed to you with any of our discussion tonight? Yeah, I think honestly, I don't know why, but I, my takeaway is I really want to watch Edge of Tomorrow. You should. That one sounds a lot of, of also, your description. The one with Henry Cavill, and and I and isn't that a French episode? Generally, <laughs> <laughs> generally, the, I I want to rewatch or watch the whole Mission Impossible series. You should. Yeah, even the second one. But so we can do it on a sleepover. Big oh, sleepover. Okay. We'll watch Let's the whole thing. Stay up all yeah. night. Braiding each other's hair and watching Mission Impossible and talking uh-huh. about which which Mission Impossible he's hottest in. <laughs> also, probably a few good men. I think I would like that's that. That's a really fun yeah. one. So All that's right. that's what I'll take away from this show. Nice. Maybe Minority Report. Maybe. So all my choices. Good. Yeah. I'm happy with this. <laughs> we chose the same movies, basically, just in a different order. <laughs> and we know, we know there, are, there are many other Tom Cruise movies out there that maybe even didn't get a mention. And we apologize for that if, if we left out your favorite. But let us know if we did on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We want to hear from you, hear about your favorites and your least favorites, where you thought he was miscast, where you thought he was good, but the movie wasn't. We want to hear about that. So let us know. Before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, which include the I'm the Listener tier, starting with Shannon West, Sean Sanquist. Ryan and Marley, Lady Terry Finley, Jennifer Kilkowski, Chris Trout, Braden Winterton, Andrew in the Dark, Alicia Bass, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we also have the Bacon Council, which includes the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Pants. Our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole Sitton and the Sin Ben Hale, Josh, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Beaker, Bacon Council member Kyler, and Allison Gall. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You are the Tom Cruise smile in our lives. <laughs> As in, they're in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me before Quick Wits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quick Wits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so at Tumbling Mustard on Twitter and Instagram. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Go ahead and like that Facebook page and then also stop by at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself a bunch of fun Bacon Sale merch and rep it just all summer while you're doing your fun activities. And then if you like the show, you like what's going on here and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just $3 a month. You can get all sorts of behind the scenes that you never knew you needed. Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, listener, you complete me. Help me help you and show me the comments. <laughs> I love off air, Joel. I got one tea. Bye bye, Wooby. Woof a twing white. Ho ho ho. Wooby, I miss you. No mention of troubadours. What? Like Gene Clavicle. Guys, I know a movie cooler than The Matrix. Oh no, it's, it's Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you like Top Gun, Zach? No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Is that what fear does to your belly? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know.
What? Coot. What? Coot. Coot. What? Coot. 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 Don't coot. Do you have PTSD from Kush Balls? Yes. Twister <laughs> <laughs> is a great Dodge commercial. What was more dead in this movie? Tom Cruise's character or Emily Blunt's eyes? Billy Crudup in this movie? Crudup. 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 Yeah. Crudup. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a slam to anyone that's 5'7 and says they're 5'9. 5'7 is not that tiny. Tell me like my heart. Tell me like my heart, Shannon. Why can't you just tell me you like my heart? Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise plays Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Cruise. 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 <laughs> I cried watching Jerry Maguire. What? I did too! Bro, a few all- good looking men? Yeah! Because <laughs> I hate myself!